heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Well, in a many would think a long-awaited strike. Uh, there's been a strike from the British and the American forces in the Middle East, and as you probably know at this point, against the Houthi rebels and uh, another terrorist group that was uh, changed from up front with the Biden administration to a, not a terrorist group. They may be rethinking that point real quick, I'll tell you. But this Middle East thing is uh, is blown up as we suspected it would, and it could blow up a lot more further, friends. Uh, in addition to that story on today's Voice of a Nation roundtable, uh, you know, this illegal migration uh, catastrophe continues onward. An interesting op-ed on the platform that uh, we have that uh, maybe is, uh, enough of these people are coming in could, could make up uh, one of the largest states of our union. What about the 51st state of the union? We call it the Babel. What do you think of that maybe, huh? And, and then what, 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 why is it? Do you feel the same way I do when it comes to the government's hands on everything they touch? I mean, these people can screw up a one car funeral. I mean, sincerely, I mean, everything they touch, they seem to obliterate and destroy and not making it better for the American people for sure. Uh, I don't know, something's wrong with this picture, friends. Welcome into the Voice of a Nation Roundtable. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here, and privileged to be with you always, my fellow Americans, and to all of our dear friends around the world. Welcome into the broadcast. Now, love these uh, formats, uh, and I know you do because we get a lot of uh, feedback on them, the Voice of a Nation Roundtable. And we'll have three experts on today that I'll introduce in moments on, and three of these stories. And we'll go around on each of these and give you some food for thought. Now, one of the things I like about these broadcasts, frankly, is that they showcase the diversity of opinions and thoughts in America. And this is really a lost art today. It is it is lost on many. Uh, and uh, my desire is to bring back uh, freedom of speech and our First Amendment rights and be respectful as ladies and gentlemen, even when you're talking to a moron. Uh, that can be very, uh, very healthy for all of us. There are no morons on the show today, I assure you, uh, but we'll get started here. And uh, let me first uh, g- tell you who's on the broadcast, give you all three here. Colonel Mike is here. He's a former li- liaison and contractor Southeast Asia for a whole many, many years. He's co-host of the National Security Hour uh, and uh, follows all these stories closely. Uh, I, I enjoy having Colonel Mike on because he's he's outspoken. He stays with his uh, principles, and uh, but always has an open ear to what's being said in the room. Uh, also joining us, uh, Daniel Baranowski. Uh, Daniel is a retired healthcare management policy instructor at the Harvard University School of Public Health. One of the b- most articulate writers and really communicators, I would say as well. And uh, love having Daniel here always. Uh, Patricia Antone is here, uh, author, activist, um, and uh, I always love saying this, and I think she knows that at this point. No matter what the story is or what the argument, the conversation is, the cool thing about Patricia, talk about a lost art. (laughs) She takes the story, analyzes it, 
against what the political operatives are doing in the events against the backdrop of our Constitution. <laughs> what a novel approach today in the year 2024. <laughs> Amazing. Let's go right to the uh, the Houthi rebels now and talk about uh, this uh, breaking story with the American and British forces uh, that have now uh, put some strikes out there. They, they, many people think this is a little late in the game. I'm going to go right to the AP wire and read you this from the Associated Press. And it said, Yemen's Houthi rebels vowed fierce retaliation for American and British strikes against them further raising the prospect of a wider conflict in a region already beset by Israel's war in Gaza. Now, this is because of the the uh, problems that we've been having in the waterways there of that are controlling the navigation of uh, goods around the world. Uh, there's been a lot of aggression from Iran and from their proxies. Um, but back to the AP wire, they say the bombardment launched in response to a recent campaign of drone and missile attacks on commercial ships in the vital Red Sea. Killed at least five people and wounded six. Uh, the Houthis are saying that, at least. Uh, can't really believe them too much, can we? The U.S. said the strikes took aim at more than 60 targets in 16 different locations across Houthi-controlled areas of Yemen. Okay, uh, Colonel Mike, let's get this conversation started a moment here. Now, there are two schools of thought here, many who think we should have uh, done this much sooner. Others think we should have stayed off of it. I mean, they're just two entirely schools of thought here in the Middle East. Uh, is this the right strike at the right moment, or do we let them continue to bomb us out? Because it's been like 150 aggressive attacks against U.S. Uh, forces, uh, uh, troops, and possessions out there. Was this the right move, or was it too little too late? Or what do you think, sir? Well, I think better. it's better late than ever, right? But the, the point here is, you know, we had a stall... And the stall, in my opinion, Malcolm, with Maritime, the stall had to be between the shippers and the nations who shipped through the Red Sea and the Gulf. Also, they had to probably, and, and it's probably not public, they probably had to consult with Saudi Arabia, which is Yemen's uh, arch rival there, you know, in the area. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is a whole conglomerate, not just the Brits and the Americans. The front guys are Brits and Americans. But I think this whole uh, campaign with the U.S. Uh, military, the naval forces, the Italians left. I think the Spanish left early on guard in the Red Sea. Uh, it's, I think it's a little bit of a failure on the on the part of the U.S. Navy, day late, dollar short kind of thing. But you know, better late than never. Uh, again, listen, these Houthis are not going to give up, and the drones are not just coming from Iran. We have to re remember our major trading partner, China, is all over this. The footprints everywhere in the Middle East right now. Yeah. Well, China and Russia, clearly, Mike, are celebrating this uh, very much. It ties up the U.S., uh, you know, right? Keeps them dumb and stupid at the moment while they do everything else uh, that they're doing around the world. Um, but and they have got into the Middle East. They're pretty heavy, as you're saying. China's that's what's happened. And that's an absence of leadership here on the world oh, stage, I think. Right. Would you agree mm -hmm. with that? Oh, absolutely. And I think right now, you know, Russia has to look at the playbook of Reagan and say, if we could just continue to keep them mired in weapons and debt, you know, we could do what they did to us during the communist times. So, you know, Russia's looking at this closely, too, economically. Again, though, I want to say this, and wow. Dan and the other guests, and you'll agree, I think China's on, on, a, on a death knell with economy, too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they got to get their pores anywhere they can to make money. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, China's having a real problem. They're having a real problem economically and feeding their people and uh, their their the economy and the economic viability out there is collapsing, no doubt. So they have their hands at a lot of things. But to your point a moment ago, Mike, it's it seems to me and I think a lot of people, a lot of Americans feel that and, and just talk to me direct on this. But it seems like we're always doing the dirty work for and this is not a new story. What am I really saying here? Right? No, OK, no. I mean, we are always doing the dirty work around the world, whatever the hell it is. We do clean up on aisle third three about continuously. Like you said, everybody else has gone home and we're there to put the lights out. Right. Yeah. We're, we're there in the beginning. We're there in the middle. And, you know, when Britain calls, we jump. You know, it's like uh, the mother country calls. Uh, the Brits get us into everything. You can go back into history forever. But, you know, it, it's always America, America, America. And then we call ourselves partners, NATO partners, allies. The allies ran in five minutes. You know, two drones came and I'm going home. <laughs> yeah, I know you're exactly right. Uh, and we see that happen time again. So stay a moment with me, Mike, on, in the Middle East before we go around the room here. Let me just ask you, the... um. How bad do you think this is going to get for for real before it gets better? I, I think I think I think we're, we're we're just about in the beginning. This thing's going to get worse. Israel has no policy to get out of this, Malcolm. Right. There's no policy. Bombing your way out is not going to make it better. It's going to make it worse. There's no going to the table. You know what is it? If you take the, everybody under the rubble, you probably got fifty thousand dead. OK, uh, where where are the Palestinians going to go? It's not our problem. We shouldn't have to worry about it. But where are they going to go? OK, then you have to look at who wants them, who doesn't want them, who's going to support them. So this is this is to me to me. This is like just for stage one. Yeah. Do you think we're doing too much out there? Mike, since I've heard you before on broadcast suggest we shouldn't be out there to begin with. Is that an yeah. argument you want to take up today or no? No, I think I think we should just, you know, pack and go home. And if we they need some, aid, you know, like anybody else, you know, buy the weapons and we'll sell them to you. Listen, Israel is the 100 pound gorilla right now with somebody behind them. They can't be a 100 pound gorilla without America or somebody else. And we are the ones behind them. It's not the Brits. Not They have no friends in NATO. They have no friends. You know, they're dealing with the Chinese on one hand and Russia. Now they're losing Russia. They're losing China. You know, it's pack up and go home. Figure out the deal. It's not good. Listen, as long as Bibi's there, you know, and he's got political problems, criminal problems, the war is going to go on. It's just like having Joe Biden. All right. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Let's go around the uh, roundtable now here. And uh, Daniel, let me have you opine on this here. There are many who believe we, it is a little too late. But others believe we shouldn't be out there to begin with. I mean, that's a real argument a lot of people are having still. What's your position on it? Well, I think you have to look at the Houthis as really a symptom and not a cause of the problems. This, everything that's going on, once again, demonstrates the abject failure of the Biden administration's foreign policy, if you can call it that. And to use a real simple analogy, when you run upstairs to, and you you run into your second floor bathroom and the tub is overflowing. You don't start scooping water out of the tub. You turn the faucet off. All of this is back to Iran. And the whole Iranian policy of the Biden administration is just junk science. All of this is emanating from there. And there's been no change whatsoever and the Biden administration's policy toward Iran. And they've waited too long because, as Mike said, China is involved with this. Where is all this oil going that Iran is now pumping and making billions of dollars? It's all going to China. 
China supplying Iran with important weaponry and know-how to do things, and it's a and, and of course Iran is supplying Russia too in a war that that's something else that uh, that Biden got started because yeah. he didn't act in 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 Europe. So we're all back to that same thing, and this has really taken a focus away from this Houthi thing. Is not really so much about Israel; it's just another symptom of Iran poking. Poking oh, yeah. us every which way they possibly can. Well, see, the see, shipping that's going through is not, doesn't have much. Now, to do it seems with to me you hit the nail on the head, Daniel, with in regards to uh, Iran. Now, from what I'm seeing, the experts and people I spoke to right along this deal is that Iran clearly, I mean, is the cause of all of these actions, and they control all the movement of terror out there, mostly around the world. Um, these proxy groups, uh, and it's a real weird situation because they don't, you know, they create all these proxy groups. I don't think a lot of Americans really understand and pay attention to the fact that their name may not be directly that, but they are, they make those decisions and they're involved in controlling and, and financing those proxy groups as well. Yet the administration oh, sure. has clearly kept hands off. They've been really hands off. They've been very, very careful with using any language to Iran. In fact, they wanted to kiss up and try to get their nuclear deal in place and all of that in the beginning. So bottom line, the the experts in the military I'm hearing from, Daniel, they say that until you go after Iran specifically, the whether it's the Houthis or the Hezbollah, the Hamas, or any of the uh, militants in Iraq and Syria, nothing's going to change. Do you s- subscribe to that, Lincoln? Oh, I absolutely do. And the conundrum that they have themselves in, should they go after Iran? Right. And eventually, Israel's going to have to go after Iran if, if we haven't taken them on. But what does that mean, go after Iran? Iran? Can you? I want to get over to Patricia Mava, but tell me what that. What does that really mean? What could we do? Besides the sanctions stuff, we do all of that, but then we give them piles of money back on the other side. But regardless of that, what could we... I mean, should we bomb Iran? Should we go in aggressively yeah. and do... I think we should not only target weapon systems, but I think we ought to take their oil out. Their, you know, their refineries or whatever, and really hit them where it hurts and that's in the pocketbook but the conundrum we're in with this is that hezbollah is also a very important player in this and we are not positioned since we pulled one of our carrier groups out we are not positioned to take on iran and hezbollah and someone is going to have to take on hezbollah because israel can't do it by themselves that it'll overwhelm their their iron dome and a lot of other things and the the israelis know that and so we've got ourselves so stretched out everywhere and we're playing all these games even with aid we're not even sure we can deliver to israel and to ukraine much less taiwan all these weapon systems that that biden wants you know wants to hand out so uh, uh but but it's iran you have to come back and say what yeah. what is your policy we hear nothing from biden he can't even find his secretary of defense yeah, uh, yeah it's a whole nother story isn't it yeah. uh what, yeah. what a sad state that is that you bring up right there let me get over to patricia Antone now and um uh patricia iran is, many believe is is the um you know the provocateur of all of these things that are happening there what could we, I mean, how aggressive could we get with Iran? Add on to what Daniel just said. I want to stay on that a moment because I want to go back to get Colonel Mike's opinion on that before we change the um, the, the, well, the topic here. What, what yeah, else? I'm in, com- I, I'm in complete agreement that the uh, source of Iran's power is its oil. 
And right. Um, right. so if, if we want to diminish the power they have to project terrorism throughout the world, then you have to take out the oil. I think that's been clear to a lot of people for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and and you think that would go a long way. But what about the, the Ayatollahs? I mean, they're going to come. But these people, you know, the thing is, these these sort of uh, terrorist Islamic jihads, they don't quit. They just keep coming at you. They cut, You can kill as many as you, they're like cockroaches, Patricia. You kill as many as you want. They keep coming after you, coming after you, coming after you. So that that's probably in the early part. But it, I mean, Iran's a real problem. What else could it, we do? Well, it is a real problem, but but absent the the money that they have, absent the wealth that they right. generate by selling their oil right that they, they can't they can't project all of their ideology hither and yon all over maybe. the world so maybe and yeah, support those I, terrorist I, groups you I mean the proxy groups which is all that exactly, money is what they do exactly yeah. they yeah. are they are funded i mean there's there's a source of all that and identifying the source is an extremely important thing the other thing i wanted to kind of point out is that we should Pay attention to remember Obama was trying to paint the Houthis as a um, kind of a freedom fighter um, oh, yeah. group that, oh, yeah. that started. And, and like every revolutionary group, it always starts with mm-hmm. a, 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 you know, a, trying to fight corruption and, and uh, in, injustice and so forth. Yeah. And so there's a sympathetic cause involved. And the only difference between somebody who's an actual freedom fighter and really trying to uh, mm-hmm. Uh, get rid of all of that mm-hmm. and and somebody who's just a power seeker is is what they do with the power once they gain it and oh, so yeah. You know. yeah well i'm going to put something out here that is a little controversial patricia but um and that is that uh, uh when it comes to uh iran and uh i, I think until i it, and, and let me go to colonel mike and get you i want to get your thoughts on this mike uh, uh before we move on as a military guy I think until you remove the Ayatollahs, many would believe from the playing field, and I mean a targeted strike, uh, and I know Israel has their set their eyes set on that as well. Uh, these people are going to just propagate somewhere else and come up again and come after it. I'm going to go the head of this thing. What do you say about that? Well, yeah, it's true, but do you want to do you want to strike the Ayatollahs? Here's the problem I see. Okay. You have people throughout the world now, since the time of the fall of the Shah. We've had sleepers in this country since the 70s that are ready to be activated. But I think they're in the late stages, 70s or 80s now. But there's younger groups that came in in the last two years. This is very, and, and I appreciate Dan and Trisha's comments. The thing is, what's inside our country? We could be the big gorilla. We could do the precision strike. We could take the guy out in his living room, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon. But what happens then? when they ignite the people inside here. We've never had that before. You mean, you mean hold on a minute, hold on a minute. You're, you're talking about through that whole region that, that would get everybody, uh, is that what you're saying? That would- Well, not just in the region, but who's inside our country? Oh, I see what who you does, mean here. That, who, that, in other words, everybody would rise and strike at once, you're saying, is what- Right, right. well, you could, you, could have, you could have many strikes throughout the United States. Right, oh yeah, well, we're expecting to have that anyways, aren't we, Mike? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, the thing is, you want to try to prolong it, if you can, let's say, or try to figure out the exit strategy before the strikes come. Well, because- i got to say something yeah. back to you. The longer we prolong these things, the uh, let me play devil's advocate a moment here, Mike. The longer we prolong these things, 
uh, the worse it's going to get. I think if there's a little bit of pain, I'd rather get it over with now and fix the problem. But let me throw something else at this. I know we got to wrap this up, but there's another point here. And anybody who's got an opinion on this, you can throw it off. But I'm going to, and, and Mike, I'll direct this to you initially, real fast. Quite frankly, if you look at Barack Obama, you look at the Joe Biden cabinet cabal, not Biden himself, but all the people, which are the people that were around Obama. You look at Valerie Jarrett, that whole group there. This group has extremely close ties to Iran, to Iran, uh, and to the Middle East. These people, for every one of their actions, have played to that end. And frankly, if we're going to talk about this problem, that's what I think a lot of this is highly intentional to weaken our country, Mike. I'll be damn true, straight with you. It, it, It is, Malcolm, but can you get people to stop buying their oil? It'll never happen. Well, uh, well, Trump tried that, didn't he, Mike? Didn't he? Right? Yeah. He tried that. And uh, no, because they went right back in and tried to weaken us uh, with our energy and we'd become sitting ducks, right or wrong. Right. Right. And here we are. So I, I think a point of aggression is uh, is around. And I, I think weakness is what we're showing right now. But until you have a commander in chief that draws a real accurate red line and then I'm sorry, but it's time to fire the missiles off. And at this time, you don't I, have I the go, policy. I'm you sorry. don't have the policy. You don't have leadership, and you That's don't right. have the policy. That's right. Yeah. And I'm not talking about an oil refinery. I'm talking about going after their skinny asses. Is what I'm talking about. You understand? Yeah, that's what I'm precision, precision strikes at four o'clock in the afternoon in the living room. We can I'm do not, it. I'm just saying. That's it. okay, Mike. All right, all right. Real fast, real quick, Patricia Daniel, you you agree or disagree with anything I say there? Well, I agree that you, you've, you've got to go in. You can't be doing precision bombing with this business. You've got to go so that they really understand the message. And the reason we're in this stupid predicament to begin with is all the other stupid things that Biden did on January 21 of 2021 when he t- issued 100 executive orders making his green energy policy king. And, yeah, you know, yeah. we've been behind the eight ball. We haven't even refilled the strategic petroleum reserve that he drew down 300 million barrels of oil out of it. He still hasn't refilled that, you know. And and so, yeah, that's that's one of the reasons he's also sensitive about the two to three million barrels that are going to China out of Iran. Yeah, yeah. But we, yeah. You, you can't worry about the people that are already here. That's already in the cake. But you can't be you can't be walking around saying, oh, well, we can't do this because of that. And that we can't do that because of well, this. Yeah, I, I would disagree with you on the point of this, Daniel. I think we can do strategic targeted attacks. We've done them before successfully. And we could take certain we can take we can read somebody's license plate and take them out. And we can surely oh. do that for those cats. The idea, right. Right. Oh, we can. But that won't stop the oil flowing. I mean, you, no, you, well, you let's go. We go after the refineries, but you've got to kill oh, the head sure. of the snake anyways. All right. All right. Uh, Patricia, quick, quick word. 30 seconds. The, the, what happened under Trump was we had full oil production and that in and of itself helped disempower some of these these players. And, and what we had then, too, was peace in the Middle East, at least for a time. The Abraham Accords. All of that, I think we need to to really take a look at what was the role of American energy production and export in creating those peaceful circumstances. All right, right, friends, here's the thing. 
there's there's a reaction to all the things we talked about today. It's one thing to just put this out there. It's another thing to look at how to solve the problem, but also how we got here in the first place, which are two things I just put out on the table. One, when I pointed out what's happened throughout the Obama administration, the same cabal who's running Biden, that there's no that's the same people. Go look at the photographs. It's the same group. And that's what's happening here. On top of the fact of where Valerie Jarrett comes from and all of the people who made all these decisions and sent all the cash to Iran and empowered Iran. And here we are. This is an impact of the Marxist left. That's why we have a Middle East situation going on now that is unsustainable at its very, very best. And for those who say it doesn't matter, I got news for you. It's coming to a neighborhood near you. Uh, rest assured. And that's the problem. So, yeah, there's going to be some pain. I've said that we don't get out of this stuff scot-free. Yeah, so one thing I want the American people to understand, there's a price to pay for this nonsense. We don't we don't get a pass, go and collect 200 kids. There's a, you, you elect idiots into office, you pay the price. Just understand what I'm talking about here. So, yeah, there's going to be some death here in our country. There's got, I mean, I don't know how else to put it to you. It's going to happen because it's, it's an act and a result of what has transpired already. And fixing the problem is going to take some very hard decisions and a new commander-in-chief, but more than that, an entire new bureaucratic state. And that's really a tough job ahead with the election, friends. Well, let's all take a deep breath here. And uh, this is a big story, obviously, what's happened in the Middle East. We'll be covering this in great detail on a Viewpoint this Sunday on the weekend. Do join us there. Um, and many of the other stories we'll be talking about there. I hope you're enjoying. We've got a lot of new features coming up as well on the new platform and the new site at americaoutloud.news. And uh, a lot of new things happening marvelous great new writers a whole new uh, brush of thirst of fresh fresh air and um, just some really cool stuff that uh, that are happening and we're still tweaking as i see things so uh we're really excited about this we say on the top of the of the platform many voices one freedom united in the first amendment that is really the basis of even this roundtable today and what we're talking about here so anyways uh Check the site out, and we'll always enjoy your feedback. We've got a lot of great feedback and some very constructive things that we've actually been able to uh, work on and modify and even make better. So we do we do look at what you send in, and you can send those comments very easy enough to liberty at americaoutloud.com uh, or just hit the contact up in the menu uh, on the new site, of course. Uh, we'll take a, a quick pause here. We'll join you just on the other side. Coming up here now, immigration, the migration that is killing our country here. It's going to be a big deal in the 2024 election. Probably maybe even, well, it's going to be what, neck and neck with the economy for who becomes the next commander-in-chief, to be sure. Uh, we'll join you just in a moment on The Voice of a Nation. Listen to Malcolm, The Voice of a Nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. 
Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill, it's a patent pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off. All right, let's take on another serious topic here, friends. And again, let me just tell you here uh, that uh, Colonel Mike is here, uh, Patricia Anton is here, and Daniel Baranowski, who's up next with me on this marvelous op-ed he wrote. Uh, again, he always nails it down. Um, the title on this one is Illegal Migration May Become the 51st State of the Union, and we'll just call it Babel. <laughs> and uh, uh, Daniel always has a lot of wisdom res uh, research, but he always has an element of sarcasm. My kind of guy, Dan. Uh, so <laughs> always a bit of sarcasm, which we do we do pretty well here. You have to admit, Daniel. Come on. You yes. Know. Uh, so sure. uh, listeners love that. So you you've got some striking things in this um, this op-ed you have here. And let me just say this, and I'm going to give you the floor. You say, and, and we'll try to keep this still at 30,000 feet. Let's just give the essentials and we'll make this robust as we can this segment. You say in the op-ed, you realize that the, the left, uh, the progressive movement, the Democrats, but whatever. Uh, I don't even like to use the word Democrats. It's the progressive left is what we're talking about, lunatics. Uh, they've recently attempted legislation to make Puerto Rico and the District of Columbia freestanding states. We might, we, we might as well add uh, Guam, France, uh, Iran, uh Pluto, Venus, and a few others as states as well. Why we're at it? What the hell? Um, and uh, but that's me, not his op-ed. That's just me uh, venting here a moment here. I didn't want them to think you're insane, Daniel, as much. You know? <laughs> uh, each with two likely Democratic senators, uh, and of course the congressional uh, power that comes with that. Uh, but do not be dissuaded. The Democrats are always looking for an edge to stay in power. Surely, what if the Democrats could create a new state out of the millions of newly arriving undocumented migrants? And you say, no way, given that 9 million illegal migrants have entered the U.S. since uh, Biden, January 21, 21, do you realize, listen to this number here, 38 states have fewer than 9 million citizens, 38. So this would become a very populous state. Daniel, let's talk about Babel, please. Certainly. First, I'd like to just share a, an axiom of social psychology. If you tell a story about a migrant family with three children, the husband has got a uh, is crippled because of some work accident. They're traveling, you know, three times around the globe to make it to the southern border. Uh, they've overcome all kinds of obstacles. It's a real human interest story, and it becomes one of humanitarian empathy. If you tell somebody a million people cross the border nobody can understand that it doesn't it doesn't grab anybody's interest whatsoever it doesn't you don't know what to do with that so trying to explain the magnitude of what's been going on in this country i i looked at what if you were to aggregate all these people that are loose in the country and they certainly are by every indication 
and you put them someplace as if you would form a state. And our states were formed in the past by first declaring them territories. Those territories would come up with a constitution. They would petition the Congress, and eventually they would become states if they met all the qualifications. There's a lot of federal land that Biden could go ahead and grant as a territory for migrants to go to and you know to, to stretch reality even just a little bit more what if they all move there mm-hmm. you're talking about 170 different nations with 170 largely different languages 300 to 400 different dialects but they're all there and if they could petition to be a state what would that look like? Let me ask you this, Daniel. Let me interject. Do you, do you, sure. Is this a hypothetical to get the point across? It's I a mean, hypothetical. This would never happen. Yes, of course not. Okay, of course not. But if you want to look at the magnitude, and that's something that's been really interesting happening. You know, all these woke issues, one way or the other, nobody cares about until it comes home to you, until your daughter comes home and says, "Mom, I visited Planned Parenthood today," and this, or all of a sudden your kids are bumped out of school so that migrants can shelter there and you're back on Zoom learning. Once those things begin to happen, and they're happening as we see in sanctuary cities, people begin to pay attention. Let me give you a quick statistic. YouGov, you know, it does surveys every other week. It's a big survey organization, very credible. You know, this business, have you noticed any change about migrants arriving in your local area over the last year? And by party identification, increasing, people felt that there were increasing people coming into their migrants, coming into their area. Democrats said 35% of them noticed it. Independents, 41%. Mm-hmm. And, and Republicans, 48%. Well, but those, right. those percentages are all up from two weeks well, ago. Well, I think people are now, I, I have to, in full confession with you, even with your numbers here and everything, I think people are now onto this game. I think even Democrats in the far left, they know what the hell is going on here. I don't think any, don't you think, don't you think people are becoming more weird? I mean, it's so grotesque. Well, it's so in it's, our face. Unfortunately, it's still a, 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 a seismic uh, chasm between the parties. You know, another well, yeah, question yeah. ask, uh, the current situation at the U.S. border, do you think the current situation with migrants mm-hmm. at the border is a crisis, a very serious problem, somewhat of all those things? If you just go with a crisis, right. 23% of Democrats just a week ago said they thought it was a crisis. Independents, well, 49%. Right. Republicans, 70%. All right, so let me ask you this. What are we going to do about it? Let's get to some, instead of talking about the what and the may and the how, what are we going to do about it, Daniel? Any ideas? We're going to, we're going to do nothing about it until the election. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the, even if you... What if will you the new president have to do? What, well, how, the, do we, how do we fix the problem, I'm saying? Yeah. Well, first, you have to take a look at the leaks that are coming out of these negotiations that are going on with the Senate and supposedly the uh, Democrats about, uh, you know, something to solve, the to give the Republicans something about the border so they can go ahead and get the money for Ukraine and for uh, Israel. And 
those things are already an, a non-starter. I mean, it, 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 just look it up. Just Google it. You'll find out it, it, it's it's an abomination what they're coming up with. So there's not going to be anything. Even if they settled on something at the moment, Malcolm, right. there's no guarantee that Mayorkas or anybody else in that administration would enforce any right. of this. Let stuff. me throw this scenario at you now. Okay. We've got two very weak political parties, the Democrats and the Republicans. I mean, they're the, the you know, you can play with which is the lesser of evil on about any issue. The Republicans often side with the Democrats on these things. The Uniparty is well and alive and doing really well, Daniel. So well, I don't have a lot of confidence. Yeah, said it. Yeah, said yeah, it yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't have a lot of confidence in a lot of this. And the way they're playing the game, they could lose the House the next election if they don't get their head removed from their right. uh, back end there. And, uh, uh, you know, really and truly. But here's the thing with this whole, I, you know, you think about what is it going to take to really get the American people on the page? I keep thinking, OK, maybe people are now aware. But to your point a moment ago, the, the network news, all the cable news, all of the other news, blah, blah, blah. A lot of them do not report these stories. You're absolutely, absolutely right. They, oh, it's, it's horrible, Daniel, what's going on. It's disgusting. They just uh, they omit them entirely from their broadcast. They don't spend seconds on them. They spend zero time. So and nobody, if you go back to something that, that Colonel Mike said earlier, yeah, yeah. which cannot be lost, are these people coming in? Yeah. And there's one thing that will focus people's attention, and that's a massive terror attack. Well, no, that's where I'm going right sites. now. That's where I'm going right now. Now, I think, uh, so what if there is a targeted terror attack right now somewhere, which is very viable? Probably many experts believe it's just a matter of time now because they're all over the place. So if that happens, here's the thing. Um Nobody ever wants to see death and destruction. But is that the one point that would probably bring back to the 9-11 scenario, Daniel? I'm going to say this last point yes. here, but that's probably the one spark that would bring our country together, would bring us to our knees. But maybe that's where we need to be at this point, Daniel. On well, our the fact knees. that we've already had more than almost 500 people identified on the terror list oh, yeah. that we've caught. There's not tens of thousands. There are thousands here. Could be tens of thousands. I don't know, but there are Absolutely. thousands here. Thousands. I spoke to immigration experts until uh, my um, um, dry my vocal cords, and uh, we all know what's happening here. And uh, what they have is uh, reported. Most of these bad cats don't tell you they're coming, and they don't check in at the at the Marriott. Right. Uh, they uh, and they come into any of those thousands of miles of unopened borders. You can rest assured they're bright enough to get in here uh, unscathed. Here, let me get over now, Daniel. Let's let's uh, tap into Patricia. Patricia, I just wonder here, sometimes I find in our country, we have to get sucker punched really hard or something happens and we have to come to our knees and maybe it's we have to beg for mercy at that point. Maybe that's where we're at on this point, of, you know, when Daniel says, well, here are the numbers, they're pretty bad and we're not we're not all together on this issue. Maybe that's what it would take. Maybe that could be the blessing in disguise. It doesn't sound nice. What do you say to that? Well, I think he's absolutely right that statistics don't have any real meaning to, to most people and and that doesn't have any real impact. But when I myself am, have my own workday disrupted because the school has closed in order to house migrants has just happened in Brooklyn, it, you know, the, it, it does need to start impacting people individually and, and it is happening. That is happening. And we did hear about it. So it is getting some ink. And it doesn't need to get much ink in order to frighten people into thinking, okay, you know, this this has gone on far enough. And we so, are seeing even even Democrat mayors freaking exactly, out. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you yeah. think that one spark could possibly 
bring even those voices. In other words, it would be so in our face and so blatant that the country, there would be a complete cry out for some action. And it would probably, I think heads would turn. It, it would come back to it, yeah, accountability. I huh? I don't think it takes a terrorist attack. I think it takes people. We, we go on about our lives. It's the nature of human beings. We go right. on about our lives until we are impeded from going on about right, our lives. Right, once right. there's an impediment to that, then we have to respond. So what else would be an impediment beside that big moment? Are you saying there's something else that could happen? Well, sure. I mean, you know, having hospitals uh, dysfunctional because of the uh, overflow of people. Yeah, but a lot using, of people have, uh, sporting. they're not paying this attention. This would be another one. They're, they're using um, sporting facilities and things like that to house migrants so that you okay. can't hold Well, that's true. Yeah. yeah, and the hotels are all, you see what's happening in all these blue cities, to your exactly. point a moment ago, but yeah, yeah. the blue city yeah. mayors are outspoken, the governors are all going crazy, right? I mean, they don't know what to do. Um, all right, uh, Colonel Mike, um, I, I don't, you know, I, I think it will take a lot, though. I think it's going to take more than a few closed hotels and events, a disruption in the economy or education. I think it's, uh, I would disagree with Patricia a little bit there. I think it's going to take a full blown out incident to get this country to its knees and wake everybody up to say, okay, let's do something, man, big time. What do you say to that? Well, yeah, like I said, you know, we don't know who the sleepers are. They've been coming in for two years. Um, we don't know where they are. Just to add some numbers, it's approximately, what came in is approximately 25,000 people per city, I think, in America. That's how many people we have spread around. So however they put them, where they put them, it's to change votes or whatever. But I think, you know, Dan's right. You could have you can have an extra state. They can open up parklands. The, the problem is we don't know who's here. We don't know where they were schooled, what they were told, who financed them to come here. Look, if I was the enemy and I don't want to give a lot of tips on the air, I, I damn sure would love this party. I mean, this is as a former Intel guy, this is a dream. This is a dream, being stationed somewhere overseas and having the capabilities to take somebody down from inside. You know, mm -hmm. and I just don't want to give you all the ways you can do it. The thing is, there's people inside. And we have to be careful. But again, it may take something like uh, a wake up call, whatever that wake up call may be, small, wide, big and different. But there's people here that can do serious damage. And I know the American people, they'll get on their knees for two days. They'll sing God bless America. It'll be all over. Like, you know, we'll never forget 9-11. Right. And, you know, let's right. and at that time, the if this if this regime is in power, the crackdown will be harder on the people who will own weapons to defend themselves to and their your family. Point, to your point, Mike, I think you would agree when I say to you, uh, and uh, sadly, Americans have very short memories, don't we? Yes, we do. Yeah, very short memories. Uh, and I wish we didn't, but they do. And they forget easy. We love our life. To your point, Mike, we love our lifestyle. And we seem to go back to our busy lives and we forget. That's a great point, uh, Colonel Mike. All right, uh, friends. Um, wow. Uh, there's a lot thrown in that segment, for sure. Uh, and uh, very interesting. Malcolm, Malcolm, yes, can yes. I sneak one more thing in? The, the other part of this article says, if Biden continues... And we continue at this rate, that state of Babel will be the fourth largest state in the country, rivaling New York, right. Florida, Texas, and California. But they don't care. That's not even, it's a, but it's a, they could, you could make it to whatever. They don't care. They don't care. I know. Obviously. But eventually, all these people are going to affect a lot of people's lives. And well, but, but that's going to take a long time. By that time, I think you're going to need something uh, to bring us to our knees quicker. Uh, I don't know what else to say about it. It's uh, uh, 
I mean, you can close as many hotels and education and civic centers. I don't think it's going to be enough. I, I don't think it's going to be enough. It's going to take more. No, it's not. And on top of it, you have to remember these people are penniless. They're undereducated. Oh, yeah. They're totally. underskilled. And totally. they're needy. Yeah. And yeah. they're not English speaking. Yeah, this, this problem can't be solved. You know. Yeah. yeah. Can, I, right. can I get one more minute, Malcolm? Oh, one quick, more minute. Quick, quick. Okay. Just recently, they busted a bunch of the foreign cars, you know, import cars coming out of Northern Virginia, Maryland, going through Baltimore. They just captured them. They were all going to West Africa. The car crime rate is through the roof. And like Daniel said, they're needy. They're impoverished. But, you know, there's going to be a lot of criminal activity. Yeah, yeah as always, isn't it? Isn't that the case there? Uh, all right. Well, there you go, friends. Um, all right. Listen, uh, let me tell you, as we're going to move on, take up this next segment about big government in your life and, and what we need to do about it and the changes that are taking place. Uh, very interesting a conversation we'll have in a moment here. Let me remind you as well, uh, with uh, the, the new site, we've got we still have this amazing um, program, uh, it, which is really about our health and wellness at AmericaOutloud.shop. AmericaOutloud.shop. And the, we have some of the best products in there that will get you on your path. And there are a lot of people struggling with long COVID, with some real problems, real issues out there. A lot of people are still being attacked now with RSV, with COVID, with flus, with all types of problems that are out there. So having a healthy immune system is vitally important. There are things I take every day I share with you all the time on air here. But that shop has got some tremendous products. Always use the code out loud and you'll get the negotiated prices you cannot get anywhere else. We we create those up front with all of our uh, partners. Uh, so take a look at those uh, products and uh, you know what? Take care of your immune system. Um, take care of your health. We learned that lesson the hard way uh, throughout the uh, COVID exercise, friends. And it's still ongoing, isn't it now? So. We'll pause just a moment here and get on to this uh, next segment of Just Moments here on The Voice of a Nation. Changing the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with oxy powder it's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas bloating and occasional constipation there's a reason why oxy powder is our number one seller it worked go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15 percent off using the code OUTLOUD. global healing giving you the power to take control of your health naturally 
Welcome back into the Voice of a Nation Roundtable. And I'm taking on some of the big topics of the day today here. Uh, we have uh, Colonel Mike is here. Uh, Daniel Baranowski is here. Uh, Patricia Antone is here. And that's who we'll be going to with this particular segment of the program. Uh, she's got a, a, a very thoughtful a very interesting op-ed up on the weekend here on AmericaOutloud.news, which gets into what government is doing. Sometimes you don't realize who's behind these things, but they clearly are behind them. Uh, you know, you notice when you go into a store today and everything is, everything's automated. I mean, you can't talk to, I mean, we knew this was coming via the phone. Remember you're trying to call a utility company? You, do you get as irritated as I do? when you have to like plan half of your day just to make, I gave up on that scenario. Am, am I right or wrong? Half the day to call a freaking utility company just to make some little change on your account or you need something. And the voicemail systems are ridiculous and the automation and the the all of that nonsense that people have gone to. There's just less of that, but it's government involvement in the things they're doing, particularly to Patricia's point and a lot of their mandates to the wages we pay people trying to control as they're doing the economy now, uh, the Federal Reserve messing with inflation, doing the kinds of things that they should have their hands off. American ingenuity uh, needs to be free. It needs to be free. And that's how it prospers and grows. The American people know all about how to grow a great capitalist uh, country. We've done it. Capitalism is alive and well. We're not a communist country. And But when you go into any store now, everything's automated. You have to check out yourself. You have to order yourself. Go into some places. There's nobody there to serve you anymore. Why? What's happened? Uh, Patricia, I'm going to have you take it away and tell us what the problem is with this too much government in our lives. How are they behind this? Uh, what do we need to let the people know? Well, when we have some states enacting laws that say you got to pay a fast food restaurant worker $22 an hour, it shouldn't surprise us that your favorite hamburger stand has turned into a ginormous vending machine, right? So uh, what is happening is that entry-level jobs are being eradicated from our economy. And why does that matter? Gee, it only matters when you're like uh, 19 years old. No, when a willing set of hands and a, and a good attitude are not monetizable in the economy, then people can't start and they can't restart. So it's, it's a huge problem. And we have to remember that our economy has provided the, the one of the, the, the resources for solution on every other problem that we face. If, if we are an unhealthy economy, we are less responsive and less resilient in every other way. Well, we, we, are, we do see it's unhealthy right now. We see the inflation is just uh, went up again just in this last go around here, Patricia. And people are wondering, and the administration keeps talking about Bidenomics. I mean, what a what a wrecking ball that is to the economy, what they've done to our energy, what they've done to what the Federal Reserve has done with toying with it. What do you say about mm -hmm. all that? Well, the reason we keep losing the argument, Malcolm, right. is that we don't make it. We don't refute the left's fundamental argument. And what's the left's fundamental argument is that central government has to basically administer fairness by virtue of top-down control. They want a centrally controlled economy, which is anathema to economic liberty. I don't call it capitalism because that was a, a term that was a, a term of derision that was applied to it. It's really, it's not a system that we have. A system has central control. We don't have a system. We have economic liberty is what we're supposed to have here in America, which means I have a right to monetize myself, my time, my energy, my experience, et cetera. 
And if I don't have economic liberty, I don't have the liberty to do those things either. And that's what's happening in in yeah. uh, the entry level jobs, and why we we can't get people to man phones and 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 so forth. It's it's become too expensive. To well, do this that. is uh, all of the, a lot of this too comes under their DEI, right? That's what we're talking about, right? So right. Equity yeah. for everybody yeah. and inclusion and uh, kumbaya and what have you. You know, we've been singing the we've been ringing the uh, the the alarms on this. Uh, what you're talking about Patricia for at least the last uh, 10, 15 years. I've spoken to some of the best people on this topic. And they told me back then, by the way, we were on the path immediate. We were definitely on the path back then to a mm-hmm. socialist America that it was happening, that they could see all the signs because some of these people in these brains I've spoke to come came from those communist countries and those socialist countries. And they see what happened and they were seeing well, and it's, signs percolate in America. It's already here now. It's not. We're not warning about it. it's going to be here. It is here. It's here. The whole um, general or, or what is it? Guaranteed basic income right. is uh, already being. So are we a socialist? Now. Are we a socialist country? That would you call us? Yes, a socialist? in fact, we are. We, we are. are a socialist no kidding. Country right now, they've socialized. They're central control on almost every aspect of economy. So you're actually. So hold on a minute. Hold on a minute here. This is a big uh, sounding bell megaphone here. So you're telling me. You're saying, Malcolm, you, you, you we are already at the altar of socialism right now. So shut the hell up and move on. Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying shut the hell up and move on, but I am <laughs> saying yes, we are. We are already socialized. Um, the, the whole social security, the government will take care of your retirement. Yeah, the whole yeah. um, Medicare um, and and all of that. Um, these are all socialist programs. Now we're going to. Um, guaranteed basic income, which is just one step away from universal basic. Income. Well, they actually want to do basic. They want to do the basic income. The left does. They want to. They want well, to do they've that. They've already got it done. Yeah, they've already yeah. got that in place in several states. Houston, yeah. in fact, is well, uh, Harris County. Houston is just now rolling out their program. It's come. It's going to be uh, live for application. In Houston, today. is that right? Is that right? But they want that to be a federal program, right? Right. Well, so far they are state programs only, and that right. is why. But isn't that the leap then to get us to a federal? Isn't that the leap to get it to a federal uh, place? Eventually, they want to do, do universal basic income. 100%. Exactly, we 100%. want to pay people right. to just breathe because if if your income is tied to your accomplishment, then you are empowered. If your income is tied to the largesse of government, okay. then the government isn't. All right, let me get over to Colonel Mike. Colonel Mike. I, I need you yeah. to help me out here. Uh, hold on a minute now. Let me just tell you this. I need you to help me out here and tell me that Patricia's full of it, that we're, United States of America is not a socialist country. Can you can you do that or or is she right? It's, it's really kind of hard because she's right. I mean, we have Social Security. We have health. All of this stuff. We've been socialist for a while. OK, so it's kind of hard to have the debate. What I would just add is that we have to change the DEI uh uh interpretation my dei interpretation is discrimination exclusion and intolerance that's all it is it's discriminating against people it's exclusion and it's intolerance against anybody that they don't like well put the discrimination put the intolerance in the middle and let's call it die because we're all going to die I like that. Let's change it. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, we should be DI, not DEI. It's DIE. We're going to be dead from their program. But you, you absolutely consider us down the road as well, Mike, to be a uh, oh, American for, right? sure. for sure. Look, Medicare, Medicaid. You know, these were promised programs years ago. They're bankrupt. They just keep funding them. Here's the issue. The issue is we have 
you, as as you've seen my shows or you've listened to my shows, yeah. we have misrepresentation. They say they represent us. They represent themselves. It's a, it, we have American. Well, they represent That's the globalists. I'll even push the back on yeah. that with you. They represent the globalist viewpoint. Absolutely. And and the, these are the people who are telling us how we should live when they live totally opposite. Do you know, do as I say oh, yeah. kind of thing. You know? oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, watch your energy so, and we'll fly around in the jets and the yachts and 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 and, and use uh, what is that? Great Poupon? Great. What is that? That, that the fancy mustard you put on the bologna? Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> right. But it's true. I mean, we have people telling us how we should live and they don't live like us. So we're not being represented in any way. Yeah. The only time you see them. And, you know, like I always tell people, if you want to scare them, you just tell them, hey, yeah. my grandmother died. I inherited five million dollars and I'm running against you. Then yeah. you'll get some action. Then well, you get some action. All right. All right. Well, listen, nothing against Grey Poupon. And uh, I don't want to take anything away from French's mustard, that bright yellow crap you used to throw on the bologna as well. But Daniel, Daniel, uh, whatever flavor you. Well, let me ask you that serious question. Do you prefer Grey Poupon or do you prefer French's mustard? Uh, I'm sort of a straight no mustard kind of guy. <laughs> You're a mayonnaise guy, right? <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So tell me, socialism, seriously, what Patricia puts out there. Can you tell I love, me today? I, I, love, this me, I no? love this topic, Tricia. It really is a great oh, topic. Oh, well, she's always nailing it down. But can you tell me she's full of it? On that no, point? no. Well, come on. Come on. Listen, no? taxation with representation is also tyranny. And this this topic, let's just give you a. We're moving towards socialism. There's no doubt about that. That's why well, she Trump says said we're already there. She says we're already there. She says we're there. Well, it, it depends if you look at it on a, on a spectrum. But we're we're sliding there so quick, and every every policy, domestic policy, that the, the Biden administration is is cranking out is all about that especially oh, yeah. with all these regulations and rules that are going on. Yeah. But let me just give you one. Real quick. We're going to run out of time. Go real quick. Real quick. The negotiations that are going on in the Senate over yeah. this new border law, yeah. item number three, quote, unquote, immediate work permits to every illegal alien released yeah. from yeah. custody. I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. There won't be any entry level jobs for anybody to get. Yeah. I mean, everyone's going to be DoorDash. I mean, I don't know about you. Most people I run into, you know, they got they got jobs in high school during summer. We were all working for a dollar ninety eight or whatever, and you worked your way. That's where you learned all that. You worked your way up. They're just gutting all the entry level jobs. I mean, what's you know, and, and yeah. it's it's going to cripple. A lot of what we called work ethic and all the other things. That we right, what you're about. speaking about is the crux of Patricia's argument in that op-ed that people should read this weekend on the broadcast here. Uh, Patricia, I'm going to give you the last word on this topic because we've got about uh, 45 seconds left. I'm going to give it to you. Um, I, I tried to get everybody to disagree with you, but they wouldn't. What do you say? <laughs> Well, I think a lot of the aspects of socialism, and, and I and I say socialism in that a lot of things are actively socialized, but the the projection of power, single party power throughout all means of the economy and, and media and so forth, that's really actually more fascist than it is socialist. So we, right. we do have a fusion. Right. So we're becoming a fascist uh, uh, group, huh? It's a fascist it's a fascist manifestation of power yeah. that uh, yeah. that yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, and then you wonder, we are losing our grip here by the moment, it seems. And then there are some people who think we're overstating what we see to be very obvious, but some people don't see it as quite so obvious, friends. Uh, either way, we love our country, we love our freedom, and uh, we are willing to stand tall for it. Uh, I hope you'll do the same as well. Hey, thank you for joining us on the mission here today. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.